Welcome everyone to the Retro Chat Podcast. It's episode number 13. And this week we are talking all things Thundercats. Because at the end of this part of the show, we are going to be going to our interview that was conducted a couple of weeks ago with Larry Kenny, who was the voice of Lion-O. So stay tuned for that. All right. So before we get into the good stuff, let's go through some details. Please, if you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the show. And you can do that by going to Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, wherever, and click subscribe to Retro Chat. You can also visit the website at retrochat.co.uk. And I do have one request. If you follow us, please leave us a review on iTunes. What that means is that we can build up the rankings and it will allow us to bring some guests on to the show. So please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Now you can also interact with us on social media. And to do that, you need to go to Facebook or Instagram, which is Retro Chat Podcast. You can tweet us at Retro Chat Pod. And you can also join us on our YouTube channel, which is Retro Chat Podcast UK. Over the past week, we have had some great shows being released, including uh, the interview with the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis, ahead of NWA 73 and NWA Empower, which goes down on August 28th and 29th. You can check that out now on the YouTube channel and on the audio feed as well. All right, so let's do it. Let's not waste any more time. Let's go into the Thundercats. And what is there to say about Thundercats, apart from the fact it's one of my favorite shows of all time? So it's an American animated series. It was produced by Rankin Bass Animated Entertainment, and it debuted in 1985. Now, its characters were created by Ted Wolf, and the series was actually followed by Leonard Starr, who was the head writer. It followed the adventures of a group of cat-like humanoid aliens who came from the planet Fundera, which was being destroyed. And they landed on a planet called Third Earth. They went into some stasis pods, at which point they aged. And the Lord of the Thundercats, Lion-O, went from a boy to a man. Now, the series was originally distributed by Rankin Bass, his then parent company, Telepictures Corporation, who would merge in 1986 with Lorimar. In 1989, Lorimar Telepictures was purchased by Warner Brothers, whose then television syndication arm would assume distribution of the show. Warner Brothers had the rights to all Lorimar programming from that point on. And Leisure Concepts, who were a co-developer of the show, acted as a licensing agent for the series. Now, it wasn't just the TV show. It was comic books. And there were several comic book series produced by Marvel Comics, uh, comics currently owned by Warner Brothers rival Disney. And that was from 1985 to 1988. And five series by Wildstorm, an imprint of DC Comics. And that's the one of the corporate siblings of Warner Brothers. Beginning in 2003, items of clothing featuring the logo and DVD box sets of the series have enjoyed a resurgence in recent years as nostalgia for the former favourite has grown. And I've got those box sets and I absolutely adore them. Now, the one thing that we have been waiting for for many years, and it's actually referenced in this interview with Larry, is the motion picture. And a film adaptation of the series was announced back in June of 2007. Uh, Orello Jaro was making a CGI animated feature film of Thundercats based on a script written by Paul Spahockey. Uh, and Jerry O'Flaherty, veteran video game art director, had signed on to direct. Now, the film was planned to be produced by Spring Creek Productions, and it was set for a 2010 release, but has since been put on hold. Concept art for the film has also been leaked online, and I think we've all seen it now if we're Thundercats fans, and we just know it is amazing. Now, we mentioned earlier on about the plot being uh, from Fundera. Well, let's look at it in a bit more detail. So Thundercats, as we said, follows the adventures of a team of heroes, cat-like humanoid aliens on a planet called Third Earth. The series plot begins with the dying planet Fundera meeting its end, forcing the Thundercats to flee their homeworld. 
They're the mutants of plunder, the enemies of the Fundarians. Um, attack them as they're fleeing the homeworld. And most of the starships in the Thunder Fleet are destroyed. But they spare the flagship because what they're trying to do is capture the legendary mystic Sword of Omens, which they believe is on board. Now, what's so good about this Sword of Omens? Well, it holds the Eye of Fadera, which is the source of all of the power of the Thundercats, which is embedded in the hilt. So the mutants damage the flagship and the power of the eye, the power of Fundera drives them back. Now, it means the damage to the ship means that the Thundercats can't make it to the original destination. And they instead have to journey to Third Earth, which takes a longer time than they had anticipated. So Jaga, the patriarch of the Thundercats, the eldest, volunteers to pilot the ship while the others sleep in time capsules. But he unfortunately dies of old age in the process. But he ensures that our heroes reach their destination safely. The flagship contains the Lord of the Thundercats, Lionel, as well as the nobles, Chitara, Panthro, Tigra, Wily Kit, Wily Cat, and Schnarf. When the Thundercats awake from animation on Third Earth after 10 galactic years, Lionel discovers his suspension capsule has slowed rather than stopped his aging. So effectively now, he's the child in the body of an adult. Now the Thundercats and the relatives of uh, the natives of Third Earth construct the Cat's Lair, which is their new home and headquarters. And it looks iconic. You've all seen pictures of it, but it looks amazing. Now the mutants, funnily this, have tracked them down to Third Earth. And the intrusion of these two alien races doesn't go unnoticed because the demonic mummified sorcerer Mumra recruits the mutants to aid him in his campaign to acquire the Eye of Fundera. He wants to destroy the Thundercat so that his evil may continue to hold. Now, as much as this is a tremendous cartoon, and it is absolutely brilliant. There's nothing about this. This is not good. The animation is cracking. The stories were great. The voice acting was brilliant. We'll talk about that in a second. Unfortunately, it was released at the wrong time because it was overshadowed by He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Now, we know from talking to Chris in previous episodes that He-Man debuted in 1983 and ran until 1985. At the time that the Thundercats was released, He-Man was still a dominant force on the toy shelves, which meant that there was competition, which meant that the action figures that they were trying to sell was up against the already established Mattel masters. One of the things that really made it stand out was its voice cast. Now we know with masters that we had Alan Oppenheimer and John Irwin playing the two leads, but in the Thundercats, it was only six actors providing the voices for the entire first season. Larry Kenny was the voice of Lion, oh, Lord of the Thundercats, but also played Jackalman and Tugmug. Earl Hyman played Panthro and played the ancient spirits of evil. Earl Hammond played Jaga. He also played Mumra. Peter Newman played Tigra, Wily Cat and Bengali and Monkeyan from the um, for the mutants, Lynn Lipton played Chitara, Wily Kit. Bob McFadden played Snarf, Linkso, Snarfer, and Slythe. What an incredible series! Absolutely brilliant. There's a great music video that's been released on YouTube, and I'll put the link into the uh, into the comments of this which is the theme song performed by the Rembrandts. And the Rembrandts, of course, were the ones who composed um, the theme song for Friends. I mean, it's, it's just tremendous. I can't, I cannot talk to you enough about how good this cartoon was. I mean, one of the things that we're going to be doing on Retro Chat is talking about the Silverhawks and the Galaxy Rangers and, and all of these great iconic shows. But this one, for me, was just part of my childhood you know um i grew up on masters but i grew up on thundercats and 
there's a bit of trivia that we'll talk about with Larry in the interview, so I'll, I'll, I won't spoil that now, but listen to that. But it's about its airing. And uh, I think if you listen to my previous episode with Lee, you may have already heard it. Now, it's so popular that in January of 2009, IGM named the Thundercats as the 49th best show in the top 100 animated TV shows of all time. It's also had spin-offs. In 2011, there was a brand new Thundercats TV series produced by Warner Brothers and aired on Cartoon Network. It was very um, true to the original material, which was great. They updated it. The animation was amazing. It was rivaling that of He-Man. Um, and Larry Kenny came back to play the role of Lionel's father, Claudius, in the opening two-part episode of the new series. Now, it only lasted a season. And again, in a minute, you'll hear why, in Larry's opinion, it didn't last. But we'll talk about that with him. I'm trying not to spoil anything coming out of this interview. Now, he mentioned the comic books. And we mentioned that originally Marvel Comics, through its Star Comics imprint, uh, produced the first book in 1985. And that lasted for three years and 24 issues. During this time, a new series was published by Marvel UK, which consisted of 129 issues and was also published for three years. Now, the Thundercats titles were published by Wildstorm Productions, which is a subsidiary of DC Comics from 2002. And it included five non-canon miniseries and several one-shots. And there's also been plenty of crossovers released, including He-Man and the Masters of the Universe versus the Thundercats, which is an amazing uh, five-part series. There were two video games produced, one back in 1987 called Thundercats, The Lost Eye of Fundera which was a side-scrolling game on the Commodore, the Amiga, and the Sinclair. And in 2012, there was a Nintendo DS game released, just entitled Thundercats. Thundercats is one of those iconic shows. It is one of those shows where we just love to sit back and watch 65 episodes. If you haven't seen it, it is available on YouTube, so you can watch it on YouTube. Try and do it. Try and watch an episode of Thundercats because you really are going to be hooked. Now, that's it from me in this portion of the show. We're going to go to the interview conducted earlier on uh, this month with the voice of Lion Larry Kenny. Now, before we do that, let's give you those details again. If you'd like to follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram is Retro Chat Podcast. Twitter is Retro Chat Pod, and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Retro Chat Podcast UK. If you would like to subscribe to the audio of the show, then Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music, or visit the website retrochat.co.uk. Thank you for joining me for this first part of this Thundercat special. I'm going to go and hand over now to me, and to Larry Kenny. I'll see you all very soon. Until then, take care. Podcast Andy here, and joining me on screen and on audio uh, is a, a person that we can only call a legend within the voiceover industry, within animation, within our kids, our cartoon that we were growing up. He is the voice of Lion-O from Thundercats. He's the voice of Colonel Quicksilver from Silverhawks. It's Larry Kenny. Larry, welcome to the show. How are you? Andy, I'm great. Thank you so much. It's nice to see you again for our third time, right? It is. It's our third time around the block. You know, I think you're the... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say you are the most spoken to person I've done in 15 years of podcasting. This is brilliant. Really? I'm honored. I'm honored. Can I just correct one thing you said? Uh, I played uh, Bluegrass on Silverhawks. Colonel you know Bluegrass. what? It, it would not be one of my shows if I didn't make a mistake. And this is why we're not live. <laughs> well, you know, to tell you the truth, now that I think about it, I may have, I may have done that voice. We all did. Uh, you know, there are only five or six of us in the cast of all the shows. And, um, we each had to do lots and lots of voices, especially on Thundercats. But uh, 
the main character I did was was bluegrass. Well, let's talk about that because you know five or six actors on three really acclaimed shows: Thundercats, Silverhawks, and Tiger Sharks. Maybe the the least of the of the known of the three of them. Yeah, that must really have had a brotherhood or a fraternity must have developed on those series with you actors. It really did. Uh, uh, maybe only because, no, not, not maybe only, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. I was going to make a little joke, like maybe only because we were forced to work together, but that's not true at all. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to stop trying to make jokes. Um, yeah, we, we had a, an incredible uh, cast and crew, uh, and I think the writers were the same on all three. I'm not sure about yeah. that. Um, yeah. But yeah, we did work, we worked together so long and so often on those three that you mentioned, that we really got to know each other. Uh, I knew, I had previously known Lynn Lipton, who played Chitara, and I think I hadn't met Peter Newman yet, uh, who played Tigra, Earl Hammond, uh, who was Mumra, of course, and others, and Earl Hyman, who was Panthro. I hadn't met those before. So uh, it didn't take long for us to, in that setting, to really become like a family, you know, uh, we really didn't feel like that. What was it like back in the day doing a, a recording for an animation cartoon compared to now? Because, you know, obviously technology has improved uh, and, and developed. And if we take Thundercats, for example, you've played two incarnations of uh, really the family of Lion-O from the Lord of Thundercats to his father, Claudius, in the reboot to Jaga in, uh, in, in Transformers, Trans Transformers Thundercats Raw. How has the process changed? The first thing that comes to my mind is the fact that when we did Thundercats and the other, all those other shows, <clears throat> pardon me, we would all be in the same room together. We'd be a large studio with a semicircle of microphones so we could see each other and react to each other and kind of bounce, bounce off each other. For some reason today, starting about, I guess, 10 or 15 years ago, uh, the trend became each actor works alone individually in, in a small studio, a, little, a booth, we call it. Uh, and many times the, the, the producers or the directors aren't even at the studio. They're somewhere in Chicago or someplace, and you can hear them on the, on the uh, ISDN line. And um, th that's the main difference to me. Other than that, the acting is still the same. You still have to act the same way. But I, I really miss the days when we were all together. <clears throat> because as an actor... Uh, I think any actor will tell you this, whether it's uh, a voice actor or in the films or on TV, actors like to work together. It's part of acting is reacting to, you know, what the, what the other character said. Hmm. And uh, so I guess, I guess it's a purer form of acting because when you're in the booth by yourself, nobody to bounce it off of or to react to, you're really acting. <laughs> you're acting like, <laughs> like you're there. And I just thought of that for the first time now. I've been complaining in all my interviews about the fact that we're not together these days. But now that I think about it, I guess you're, you really have to know how to act if, you're, if the other person's not there. It's not, it's, not as fun. it's not as much fun at all. I was about to say, I mean, it, it, you, you lose some of that camaraderie like you were talking about there. But how do you get into the mindset? How do you take the words from the script and mm -hmm. then turn them into a performance when you haven't got anybody to mm. bounce off with. Cause if you were doing a live action show, you'd be on set together. You'd be in the same environment. How, how do you do it? How do you get into the mindset of the character? Well, Andy, I can't really answer that because I think when you're like me and you've been doing it so long, you know, I mean, I've, I've been in the business for almost 60 years wow. since I was, since I was 15 years old. And, um, so I guess now it's just, it's just second nature to me. You know, uh, I take the script, put it on the thing, Mike comes on and I do it. Um, so it's not, not much different that way, but, uh, I, I think some actors probably have, I know that some actors have a, a method, if you will, uh, before, for, before example, before we even start recording, there are actors who do these vocal exercises. Ah. <laughs> To, uh, they tell me it's to loosen up the jaw and the, the mouth and the tongue and all that. I've never done any of that. Um, just it's not something I've ever, ever needed or ever wanted 
to do, you know. But there are some who do have a method, like I said. It, it, it's really weird because obviously you and I have spoken, as we said at the beginning of this, three previous occasions over the past 15 years. Yeah. Um, but every time I hear your voice, every time, mm. I instantly go back to being a kid sat watching the Thundercats and, and hearing you picking up the Sword of Omens and going, yeah. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight or, you know, calling the Thundercats home. Could, yeah. Without sounding like a fanboy, could you deliver us a line as Lion-O Sure. On the video cast. Sure. And I'll do that by giving you an example of uh, some people say to me, what's the difference between your real voice and Lionel's voice? And I say, it, it, it's just the same, my, it's my voice, but it's a little more dramatic on TV. For example, right here, just talking to you or talking to somebody in the street, I would say, for example, uh, <clears throat> Sword of Omens, come to my hand, I, Lionel, command it. But on TV, it's Sword of Omens, come to my hand, I, Lionel, command it. It's the only difference. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's oh, yeah. brilliant. It's really good. What, what advice would you give to anyone who's listening to this now going, I've grown up, I've been inspired by you. you you've been my my role model uh, for, the, for the past you know, 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. I want to get into the business now. What, what advice would you give someone? My advice uh, has always been to take classes. Uh, you can, you can uh, go on the computer and, and Google in whatever part of the world you live, London, let's say, yeah. Google voiceover classes or voice acting classes, voice classes in London, let's say. And you'll see quickly a, a, a long line of, of uh, things to pick from. And what I tell people is to look for, look for a, a, a company or a person who's giving the classes, someone uh, make sure it's uh, one of those that when you leave, when you're finished with the classes, you leave with a, we used to call it a demo reel, and it was reel to reel tape, you know, which is about a two or two and a half minute uh, uh, collection of the things you can do. Um, and the, the good classes, the, the good places to go will uh, help you create that at the end. They'll have to show you how to put it together and and uh, help you decide which is the best voice for this and that, you know. And uh, that's very important because you'll need uh, some evidence of what you're going to do uh, for to get jobs. You know, you can't just yeah. walk into a, an advertising agency or an agent's office and say, I want to be a voice actor. Let's go. Uh, you know, you have to have proof of, of what you can do. So that's very important. Make sure that uh, they guarantee you that you'll leave with with a professional, uh, professionally done voice demo CD. Uh, also look for one that offers during the course of the course, if you will. If they're usually, I think, maybe a couple months long. You go a couple nights a week, let's say, or a couple of days a week. Uh, I don't know how much they cost these days. But you'll also want to find classes uh, where they, during the course of that, they bring in uh, people from the industry, uh, advertising agency people, agents, talent agents, uh, directors, people like that, so that you can begin to net, uh, to network. They get to know you, you get to know them, and um, so that you know, some of, they will know you when you mm. when you try to ask them for a job. That's mainly what I I tell people. Now there are in this day of um, the computer. There are on, online, you'll see all over the internet, you'll see people offering not only voice acting lessons, but uh, things that start out with, you can be a voice actor, you know, send us $500 and we'll get you on commercials. <laughs> well, you know what that's got to be like. So yeah. be careful, be careful of those things. Classes are the best way to go. Fantastic. Well, there you go. Direct from the legend himself, the, the top tips of how you get into being a voiceover artist. Do you know what, it's, it's really weird because every every time we've done interviews, apart from the, the COVID pandemic, it's always been audio. So you, you kind of, um, you don't switch off, but you kind of go into a different world where you're doing an audio interview. You know, you can kind of hear the person speaking and you, and you, can, you can focus. It's quite starstruck watching the screen and seeing you on the right hand side box and just kind of looking at you and watching you because it's just kind of you get engrossed by what, what you're saying and and really just talk to you for hours and 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 find out more about you and more about your your life and your career um, okay 
I, I want to talk to you quickly about Thundercats because, you know, that's what we know you for over here in the UK. We know yeah. you as Lionel. We know you as the Thundercats. Why is it so popular? Why is a franchise, has it remained as popular today as what it did back in, in 1985, 1986? Uh, it's a good question. I, I'm asked it often. And I, I always have to th think before I say anything because who knows what makes in, – in, in the entertainment world, nobody knows what's going to work. I mean, you could have the best actors, uh, the best cinematographer, the best music, this and that, and then the movie or the play or the cartoon series just doesn't make it. It's, it's got to hit the audience in a certain way at a certain time, and there's a lot of luck involved. But it, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not mainly the, the luck, but it doesn't doesn't hurt. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, I think with Thundercats. Um, we just had the right combination of everything. The, the cast was incredible. I mean, uh, the people I worked with are the best in the business. And, and uh, the, the crew, the people in the, um, in the engineering room were oh, really fantastic. And then uh, the music is a big mm. part I think, of, of what, uh, what originally attracted people uh, to watch the, uh, Thundercats. Because when, that show, when the show starts, and you hear that music, you know, hear the roar, hear the Thundercats are on the move. And that, that was the first cartoon series that ever used uh, heavy metal music. And, and uh, it really draws your attention. So I think it's just a combination of things, including a little bit of luck, uh, that people that got people interested in the first place. I think one of the reasons added to that, that it's lasted so long, and we're talking about it 35 years later, is its message. Uh, back in 85, when 83, we started recording it very late 83. Um, most of the cartoons on the air, or a lot of them, were uh, uh, a little too violent, some people thought, for children, you know. Um, and they promoted the wrong things and all that. It's one of the reasons that uh, Rankin Bass, the production company, decided to do Thundercats, I'm told, is uh, to try to. To, to try to get away from that violent thing a little bit. Now the Thundercats, you know, will defend themselves, and but you never see the Thundercats just attacking somebody. Mm. They always try to always try to talk things through first, make the other side understand, listen to their side, things like that. Again, unless you know, Mumra's <laughs> henchmen are attacking. Them. <laughs> but beyond that, there are there are messages of of well, the Code of Thundera. Truth, justice, loyalty. Oh gosh, I'm gonna get in trouble for this. I don't remember the fifth one. <laughs> Truth, honor, justice, loyalty, and and friendship. You know, it, it kind of promotes all of that instead of just a, a show about this group of of uh, characters that goes out pillaging and you know, taking over everything. And I think one thing to add to that as well is when you consider the story of them leaving Fundera because it's about to explode and, and they're going to lose their home planet. They, they travel to third earth. Um, <clears throat> and lion as a child grows up in the stasis pod. Yeah. And when he comes out, so I think, you know, for a kid that's easily relatable because lion might be this big burly muscle man, adult Lord mm -hmm. of Fundera, but really he's a 12 year old. Exactly. So yeah. You're seeing it through his eyes. I yeah, think which is part of the, part of the reasoning behind that the other thing was the animation as well i mean you, you mentioned ranking bass there you talked about um the cast and the crew the animation i think was far and above beyond anything that was on tv at that time and, and i'm a huge master of the universe fan and transformers fan but if you look at the animation of all three of those those products mm -hmm. this was easily a high-end animation higher similar to what you would get on a feature-length movie Really, if you looked at that, I agree with you. It was it was fantastic animation, uh, and again, that's another part of the combined elements that that made the show. That's why it's so hard to say what what made Thundercats popular in the first place and why are they still so popular. A hundred different reasons. Just as you can ask if you were aware of a um, uh, somebody who made a cartoon series. And you thought it was going to be good, like like in the business. I know other people making cartoon shows, you know, and I have mm -hmm. friends who are actors on them or crew members or whatever. 
and they'll tell me, we've got this great series going. We're recording this fantastic series. Music's great. Actors are great, you know, and all that sort of stuff. But you never hear of it. Sometimes they never make, never get on the air. And they may have been pretty good shows. Uh, but And they may have gotten on the air, but they didn't develop a following for a various number of reasons. Like I mentioned earlier, everything has mm -hmm. to kind of come together when you record it. And once it's on the air, a lot of factors have to come together. Uh, how well the, the network promotes it, how much they promote it, um, things like that. What time slot they put it in, mm. you know. So, like I'm, the point I've been making on all these things is it's never one thing. Yeah, it's a whole plethora of things coming together. I mean, you would have had the, the Saturday 9 o'clock cartoon slot with, uh, you know, the kids watching it all. That was the peak time. Really, I got a bit of trivia for you. Did you know that in the UK we never saw the second season? No, I did not know that. Really? So we aired the first. Well, they aired the first season of the Thundercats, um, and then that was it. Nothing oh, else was aired. So until the DVD releases came out oh. uh, and, and the box sets, that was the first time in the late nineties, early two thousands, that here in the UK we got to see the entire saga. I didn't. I never knew that. That's interesting. And I'm. Uh, I was going. I was about to say before you said it. What about the box set? Did, did it have it on the box set that you got? Yeah. Yeah. No, we, well, got, no, we got the box sets. No, see, there you go again. I don't know why. What network is on over there? Probably BBC, right? Yeah. And yeah, it would have been. I, yeah, it was on BBC One, mm -hmm. and then it was on Saturday mornings on a on a kids show called Going Live with uh, wow. Philip Schofield. Um, so they used to air it on what they call CBBC in the afternoon and then on the Saturday morning. But yeah, we never saw the second season. And I, I, I'll admit, I didn't know that until doing some research uh, for, our, for our third go-round. Wow. It shocked me, really, that we never we never saw the second half. I know. Thank God for the DVD, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, now, now, of course, uh, now, of course, you can watch it on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and I think, uh, not, I don't think Netflix, Hulu, or, you know, there's so many outlets now that are, that are running it. But... Uh, that, that, that's fascinating that they never, I wonder what the reason was again, probably a lot of different reasons than why it didn't go in the second. Cause we no made it, UK. we no, produced no it. Yeah, exactly. No, no, in the UK, it's most likely someone complained about, I don't know, something and it, and it, and it didn't really? happen. What yeah. do you think about the, the reboots? Cause we mentioned earlier on that, you know, mm -hmm. 2001, they did the, uh, or early 2000s, they did the, the remastered version of the Thundercats, the, the new animation, the Japanese style, anime that was done yeah. and now they've done thundercats raw which is a really different take mm -hmm. in terms of animation style and storytelling yeah. what's your take on on those where do they stand for you well i was on all of them you were yeah i played uh, on the 2011 it was 2011 the, the reboot yeah. <clears throat> once warner brothers warner brothers owned it and and did the 2011 reboot <clears throat> i'm sorry I loved that. I thought they did a wonderful job with that. Uh, I was, I would, I played Claudius on that one, Lionel's father. You certainly did, yeah. Yeah, and uh, which I thought was a lovely homage from uh, to to the not only to the cast, uh, but to the to the fans uh, of, the, of the original episode. They stayed very mm -hmm. close to the to the storyline. Uh, totally kept the Code of Thundera, you know, which is the heart of the show. And I thought it was really good. Uh, and in this case, I think I do know why it didn't last uh, more than longer than it did is uh, a lack of toy sales, right. which is unfortunately one of those elements that I mentioned. I, mean, I, I keep saying this, I'm sorry, but every aspect of it, there's not just one thing that causes it. But in this case, from what I understand from my friends at Warner Brothers, the uh, the ratings were were pretty good, very good, but the toy sales were lagging, and uh, these days these days that that drives a lot of it, you know. Yeah, but I thought it was a very good series. Uh, the the uh, current one or the most recent one, <clears throat> which only lasted I think maybe fifteen or twenty episodes. Yeah, Thundercats Roar. I was on that when I played Jaga, again only for a couple of episodes. Um. And it was entirely different type of animation. It was more in the, in the line with, uh, if you're familiar over in England with uh, Teen Titans Go. Yeah. 
You get that? Yeah. The animation's the same. They're, they're kind of primitive, uh, kind of line drawing animation, squiggly, you know, thing. Uh, and they changed the entire tone of it, of course. It, it became goofy. Upset a lot of uh, original Thundercats fans. Including me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, oh, every, when I go to Comic-Cons, I hear that all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, that they love the first two. But I think, I think people get so attached to something. Uh, that when you change it, especially like especially something you're watching when you're a kid, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because you never forget that stuff. Nostalgia, uh, you know, is a very powerful element. Mm -hmm. But nostalgia is not what it used to be. I like to joke, and um, yeah, people are, get angry. And I say, listen, you still have the original. You know, you can watch it on YouTube anytime you want. Hulu, the original one and the second one, I think the 2011 one. Mm -hmm. um, so the one they're making now is was actually intended uh, or aimed toward very small children. <clears throat> I think, you know, five, six, seven. You can tell by the way they're drawn and the kind of silliness of it, you know. For example, in the original Thundercats, uh, Earl Hyman was, um, he played Jaga? Gee, I'm sorry, I forgot who played Jaga now, but it wasn't me in the original. But, and he was like, um, <clears throat> well, I remember I did, I did Jaga, on the, on the box set because Earl Hyman had died and they needed somebody to do it. So I, uh, I did him on the little extras that you get with DVD, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, like there was a game, an interactive game kids could play. And um, uh, on one of the games as Jaga, I would say, congratulations, you have won the game, you know? <laughs> But on, on this newest one, Thundercats Roar, it's like, a, hey, I'm Jaga. How you doing? I you know. <laughs> you know? Oh, so, yeah. Thing. Yeah. So I, I, didn't, I didn't really care for it. Um, I had uh, I had signed the contract before I saw it. any video of it or any, anything about it. I figured, it's, I figured it's Warner Brothers. It'll be great, you know. Yeah. But, again, they went a different direction and uh, – what are you going to do? You know, have you heard anything about any possible reimaginings of Thundercats again, another reboot or is from what you know, is that it, is it off the cards at the moment? I, I've, I've not heard anything about any uh, new um, rendition of it. Of course, that doesn't mean there's not somebody out there planning it and working on it, but mm -hmm. I have not uh, been notified or contacted about it. Now, one, one of the things that people have sorry, talked about, I'm sorry, Andy, uh, the, the little bit of delay sometimes I end up talking over you and I apologize. Um, I, uh, um, no, what was it? What were, you talking, what were you talking about? We were talking about any potential reboots that you've been aware of. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I'm an old man. You know, I forget. That. <laughs> um, there's, there's been talk about a, a movie, of course, for 20 years, 25 years. Oh, every five or six years, there's a, uh, something on the internet, uh, you know, a rumor that there's going to be a new Thundercats. Some people even have even made fake trailers for it and things like that. I don't know if you ever saw it. Somebody, yep. somebody did a trailer years ago with Brad Pitt as Lionel, and it looked pretty good. I think it was. Vin, I think they had Vin Diesel as Panthro. Yes, that's right. That's right, and probably would have been great. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, but that never happened. And then in uh, well, when the 2011 uh, reboot came out or uh, when they first announced that they were going to do a 20, uh, uh, they were announced, I'm sorry, Warner Brothers had announced uh, in about 2010 that they were going to do a movie, uh, a Thundercats movie. Six months later, the news came out that they had shelved that project in favor of a new series, a new Thundercats series, which they did uh, and never made the movie. Well, now there's another uh, I keep reading that that Warner Brothers has uh, hired a director, the guy who directed um, Kong versus Godzilla, okay. which is right now, I guess, and a very big hit. That director is supposedly going to direct the new Thundercats, and it's going to be, uh, I, I think, CGI. Uh, no, it's it's live action, but something about live action and CGI combined. I don't know how that's going to work, or if it's even going to happen. But as of now the word I see on the internet is that uh, they're working on it. If that film gets the green light, 
and if they approached you and asked you to come and be Jugger in the film, would you do it? Would you do a live action appearance as Jugger on Thundercats the movie? Well, I certainly couldn't do Lionel anymore if it's live action. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I look very good in that leotard now. Um, uh, so certainly I'd be involved. Of course, I'd love to be involved. So I'm not kind of waiting to hear from whoever's out there. <laughs> we'll tag it to everybody you can. Send it out there. <laughs> Let, let's talk about Silverhawks because this was the second of what was now been called the Rankin Bass trilogy. So it was mm -hmm. Thundercats, Silverhawks, and Tiger Sharks. Tiger Sharks never really got as much popularity as the other two. So that, that's still one that I, to this day, haven't seen. But yeah. with Silverhawks, 65 episodes. Again, same animation team, same cast as you mentioned before. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to us about that project. What was it like moving from Thundercats and going to, to the Silverhawks cartoon? Well, it was interesting because <clears throat> we did it immediately. Um, in fact, I believe we started recording Silverhawks before we finished recording Thundercats. That's my, that's my memory. Wow. And that was kind of strange, you know, to go in the studio one day and be Lion-O and then the next day be Bluegrass. <laughs> you know, for, for Silverhawks. Um, but it was fun. It was just as fun. And as you mentioned, the same cast, same production team, um, and, and everybody else, it, it was the same. Um, so I can't say there was any any, any difference between them. Um, we were, we were by that time, we were very, very used to the director, um, Lynn Doniger, who has passed away. Uh, and uh, most of the crew was the same crew too. I believe, I believe we did start. I think we had about, uh, I think we had about uh, ten episodes of Thundercats to go. Maybe not that many. When they called and said, "Hey, we're doing a new series," and we thought they're canceling Thundercats. No, no, no. It's going to start when Thundercats ends, because you have to. You have to. Um, uh, when you when you record it, of course the voices are, voices are recorded first in animation, and the reason for that I think is that it would be too hard for actors to have to watch the screen, you know, if the animation is done first, and doing the voices first uh, allows the animators to um, uh, to hear the, what it's going to sound like and match the animation to that. Yeah. You know? um, did I answer your question? I don't think I did. What was the full question? Yeah, 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 you did. Yeah, you, you answered it. What? Why do you think it wasn't as popular? I mean, Thundercats went for two seasons, approximately 125, 130 episodes. 130, yeah. Silver, Silverhawks went for 165. Why didn't it go on as much as what Thundercats did? You know, it's the same answer as why was Thundercats so successful? The answer to why wasn't Silverhawks as successful, I'm sure, has many components, uh, none of which I can think of. I, mean, <laughs> I can't. Uh, I, I can't even then and now thinking about it. I, I never could put my finger on on the difference. You know hmm. why Silverhawks didn't have a second season? Uh, Do you know if there was a if there was any scripts or any storylines planned for a second season of Silverhawks, or was it all just? Were you aware of any of that? I was not. But looking back on it, I'm certain that they had at least written a few episodes because uh -huh. you have to get them ready, you know. Uh, and, and, and when you when a series ends, uh, it just ends. They usually don't tell you, okay, we're going we're gonna to end it uh, three months from now or we're going to end it, you know. Um, so... Um, and the fact that they knew they were going to, they had been planning this Silverhawks thing, I guess, since after the first year of Thundercats was so popular, they said, let's do another one. Got the writers started on it, you know, and the designers coming up with uh, what it's going to look like and all that sort of thing. Uh, and so what, what we did, you haven't asked me this, but I'll, I'll tell you, kind of goes along with it. Um, we, re we would record... Um, Let's see. Four four episodes a month, as I believe. Wow. Yeah, uh, because you had to give the animators time to, you know, come up with uh, to finish doing the animation of the last one and all of that. Uh, so we would work on Thursdays and Fridays. Every Thursday we would do two shows, 
one in the morning and then have lunch, do the second one. And the next day, the same thing. Same with same thing with silverhawks and the same thing with, with tiger sharks. People are always surprised when I tell them that it, it takes uh, sometimes a couple of years to, uh, to get them all done. Because, uh, like I said, when, you, when you're first planning a, 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 a show like this, or any television show, um, the production companies are taking a big gamble because they usually have not made a deal with a network. Here's what we're going to produce. Will you put it on? It's you bring your finished product to them. And then they decide if they want it or not. If they don't, you've just wasted 13 weeks of people's time. Um, but, uh, and the 13 weeks is important because that's, that's the, uh, um, the amount of episodes um, that, um, I'm sorry, they buy them 13 weeks at a time, the networks. In other words, they won't say, okay, we'll take a year. When you first approach them, they don't say, okay, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put it on for a year. Go make them. Uh, they ask if they'll say, okay, um, give us 13. We'll see how that goes. And then they put those on the air. And if it's successful, then they say, give us 13 more. And then Thundercast became so successful that they then said, okay, do another year of them, you know? But again, it's, it's, to, it's to allow the animators time to, uh, the writers, first of all, you know, because you're only going to, they only write 13 scripts to begin with because you don't know if it's, the show is going to last any longer than that, let alone whether it's ever going to get on the air. Yeah. So once those 13 weeks are up um, and the network says, yeah, we'll take 13 more weeks. Everybody goes, oh, geez, okay, let's write some more. <laughs> you know, now now we have to finish animating the last ones. We, we did. They haven't been on the air yet because they haven't been animated yet. It's a long process. And it must be difficult as well for the writers because they're, they're writing 13 episodes of a series. And then, like you said, not knowing if it's going to get picked up again or running it. So you can't really get into the skin or under the skin of what those characters are all about. You then get given another 13 episodes. So you're getting to know the characters a bit more. It must take quite a while for for the writers to get actually get under the skin of let's say Quicksilver or Colonel Bluegrass to know what they're like, what their little quirks are, if you will. Mm -hmm. And for you as an actor to be able to pick up on that and go, I'm going to develop this more. So it must be a real difficult process. I'm sure it is. The writing, I'm, I'm certain is um, just coming up with ideas, new ideas. The reason most. Uh, most cartoon shows end at one point, no, don't go on forever. Well, except for the Simpsons, 33 yeah. years, you know, yeah. is, is the, you run out of ideas. Uh, and you have a limited number of characters. You have uh, five characters, six, not counting the mutants. Um, but um, they have to come up with, with, okay, we've had him do this. We've had them do that. We've had that. that. They begin to add things like more characters, new characters to develop a storyline about. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, we have to decide uh, amongst ourselves and the director who's going to do this new character, you know, uh, and then come up with a voice for him and hope that you have to make sure that that voice doesn't sound too much like a voice you did on a character 15 episodes ago. You know, so that's why it's such a long process. One of the reasons. why. So did you get allocated the characters? So if they brought in, let's say they brought a new character in. I'm just going to yeah. make one up. Um, uh, I don't know. Giraffe cat. And. They said to you, we've got this new character coming in. Do you get assigned it or do you have to then audition to play that new character whilst you're filming the show? It, it's a kind of a combination of that. Uh, sometimes Lee Doniker, who was the director, would say, okay, we got a new character. Uh, here's what he looks like or she and, and uh, this and that. And uh, sometimes she would say, who wants to take a shot at, uh, who, who wants to try a voice for this character? And if you wanted to try, you're doing it. Uh, or sometimes she would just say, um, you know, Peter or Larry, uh, I think you'd be good for this character. So, you know, so it was a company, it was a group, a group decision, you know. So how, how, how often do we, did you have a script and you look through and it went Lion-O, Jackal-Man, <laughs> any other characters that you play, and then you're in the booth doing the Sword of Fundera and then going straight into the Jackal-Man voice, which I can't do, obviously. Um, that, that again, you, just being able to flex those vocals and turn it into you, it must have felt like you were writing your own audio book at the time, wasn't it? It was what? I'm sorry. It must have felt like you were just writing your own audio book or just performing to yourself at certain oh, point or just flipping the characters around like that. 
Well, interestingly enough, uh, um, actors have different uh, ways they like to do that. Some actors prefer to, when, when the situation comes up, like you said, when one of your characters, the voices you do, uh, is in as a dialogue with another character that you do. Most of the actors uh, like to um, do all the lines of, of, of one character and then do the other, all the lines of the other character. So they can stay, wouldn't get confused and go back and forth like that. For some reason, I always like to do it in what I call real time. If, if Lionel is, uh, has a dialogue with Jackal Man, uh, instead of doing all Lionel's voices and then Jackal Man's, I would just go, um, well, Jackal Man, I see you're at it again. Yes, Lionel, we're at it again, and we're going to get you. I don't think so. It was more fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. It's been brilliant. You, you've got a new uh, a grandchild, haven't you? So, yes. how often? Do you, uh, congratulations on that first Thank of you. all. How is Thank it being? A, how is it being a granddad? Five. 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 Wow. Yeah. yeah. How's being a granddad? Are you enjoying it? Oh, it's fantastic. It's. I mean, it, uh, yeah. It. I enjoy it so much. I love being with the kids, and um, um, I think when you with your own kids, you know, with with, with my kids. I think I was a good dad, you know, and I, I didn't have as much time to spend with him back then. I was still, you know, I was still doing a, a radio show, Imus in the Morning, for 35 years I did that. I don't know if you're familiar with that in England, but, um, and I was, for a while I was doing a, a TV game show called Bowling for Dollars, five nights a week on Channel 9 in New York. So I would get up in the morning uh, and and leave my house at like, four in the morning, drive into Manhattan, an hour, hour and 15 minute drive, do the, uh, the radio show. And then I would get off at uh, uh, 10 and the last half hour of the radio show, I would be putting makeup on TV makeup. When the, when the radio show ended, they would send a, have a car waiting for me and take me down to Madison square garden where we recorded the TV show. We would record um, uh, um, five episodes on, on Fridays. It was a five nights a week show. We recorded all the shows on Friday. So Fridays were really it was a busy day. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'd leave my house at four in the morning and uh, get back at like uh, seven or eight at night and just be exhausted. In fact, I'll tell you a funny story. I, uh, when I drove home from days like that on those days, I'd be very tired and to be safe, I would pull off uh, uh, into a, um, a service uh, plaza, we call them, or a gas station. And, but there's room to, to just park and yeah. take a nap if you want, which is what I would do. I'd take maybe a 15-minute nap, then I would be you know, wide awake to go home the rest of the way. One day I pull in the thing, and I, uh, it was summer, so I, I um, or spring. So I left the windows down, put the seat back, you know, and just uh, took my little nap. Unbeknownst to me, while I was asleep, this 18-wheel truck, one of the huge trailer trucks, had pulled in inside me, uh, in front of me, backed up to about this close to me. I, I didn't know I was asleep, right? And when I woke up, it was like, <laughs> I thought it was the last second of my life. I, oh my God. I thought I was driving and I was about to rear-end a truck, you know, on the highway. Jeez. Well, it took him about five minutes to peel my hands off the steering wheel. <laughs> you know, that was a that was quite a day. Oh, I bet you were awake after that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, for a couple of days. <laughs> it must be great, you know, when you've got your little ones, when you've got your grandkids there, and you suddenly just start throwing voices at story time. You know, at bedtime, and you're reading the story, and you go into the voices. You'd think so, wouldn't you? But uh, I always tell people this, and I can't believe it. Uh, both my kids, I had three kids, and um, with, when they were young, I would read to them, you know, at night, bedtime story or something. And I would say, um, and the, the evil witch came in to the room and looked at the children and went, I'm going to get you, you little. My kids would always go, Dad, just read the story. <laughs> <laughs> Enough with the funny voices and all that. Just read it. <laughs> I tell people like you that they go, I, I would give anything to yeah. have you read to me with the voices. I, I'm, I'm willing to do a cameo right now just for you to do it. <laughs>
And funny, strangely enough, the, the grandkids are the same way. They just want me to, to read the book, which is fine with me. Oh, I've got a I've got a two year old, and uh, when she actually lets me read a story at bedtime, because normally it's mummy. Mummy has to do the stories. Um, I try doing the, the voices, and bear in mind, I'm just her host. I just present, you know, or, or talk to people and do it. And I did the story. I did the voices to her once, and she just looked at me and went, "No." No, took the book, took the book off me, closed the book, put it on the side and got into bed. Said, night, daddy, bye now. I was like, okay, I'll take that as gospel then that you don't want me to do it. I walked out. So who knows? Who knows? Right then. So Larry, it's been absolutely tremendous speaking with you again. I've really enjoyed it. It's been absolutely tremendous. Now we have launched the ultimate kids cartoon tournament and I, I mentioned this to you earlier on uh for those of you who are following us and following this this is 48 of the top cartoons ever from the 80s 90s and the early 2000s uh they've been randomly put together into matches to crown the ultimate kids cartoon favorite so silverhawks and thundercats are in the tournament and i'm going to bring up the graphic now for the first match so this is Shira, Princess of Power, facing off against the Silverhawks. Larry, who would win this match? Silverhawks or Shira? Who should move? Oh, we've got no sound. Larry, I've got no sound. I had my cough button on. It works. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. The, the mute button. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, okay, so this is between. Uh, the Silverhawks and Shira, Princess of Power and and Silverhawks. So who wins? Who goes round through to the next round? She's, she's fighting all the Silverhawks, or, or just oh, I see Bluegrass on the screen now. Yeah, she's fighting Bluegrass. Bluegrass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Who would win? Well, gosh, I see she plays guitar too. She's a lot better looking, uh, <laughs> but I I think uh, I think old Bluegrass could take her. He's oh, he's a, he's he's a real. Uh, uh, he's a real laid-back guy, as you know. He's not, you know, a fighter or anything like that. He's he shoots uh, rays out of his guitar. When he plays his guitar, uh, these <laughs> music notes come out. Thank you, music That's notes it. that have power, superpowers. I guess that's his power. Boom with the guitar. So now she's got her own guitar, but I don't think uh, I don't think hers sent out any kind of rays like that no, so I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say bluegrass uh, silver hawks do it okay sure. so silver hawks sure. through to the next round what about the ultimate match this is the thundercats facing off against the biker mice from mars oh well in that situation i think what might have to happen is that uh the thundercats would uh, befriend the mutants with the, uh, you know Mumra and his group just long enough to gang up on the other guys. <laughs> again, Thundercats win. <laughs> just you know, just one time, a one time coming together of, of uh, Lionel and Mumra and all of our people, and uh, oh, just, just for the sake of beating those guys. Fantastic! I love it. So Thundercats have gone through to the next round. Silverhawks have gone through to the next round. Okay. And all, and all that's left for me to say is thank you so much Aww. for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you uh, again. And uh, yeah, it's always great to talk to you, Andy. You, you have great questions and, and a great style. I like being with you. Thank you very much. And it's a pleasure. May I just say yeah. every year, I don't, know if you, I don't know if you mean to do this or not, but every year uh, you always send me a message going happy birthday. I really appreciate that. I don't know why. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Larry, stay with me for just a moment. That's sure. it for this interview. Uh, that's it for Retro Talk with the legendary Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion-O, the voice of many a character. Stay with me. We'll be back with more Retro Chat after this. Take care. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for watching.